Welcome to What's Next, Connect Global's podcast channel that puts members first on the mic for thought-provoking, profession-shaping conversations and commentary. In this first part of a two-part series on creating a healthy workplace, Tim Venable, Senior Vice President of Cornet Global, interviews best-selling author Lee Stringer, workplace strategist for EYP. Welcome to the program, Lee. Oh, thanks for having me, Tim. What inspired you to write The Healthy Workplace? Well, a couple of years ago, I was working on a very big, important project for a global company, um, and uh, it was really uh, important work, um, but times were changing. This was about the time when the market was coming back, and we, um, uh, my group that was working on the project, uh, a number of people left for wonderful reasons, but um, a number of us were uh, scrambling to kind of fill in um, the gaps. And it was one of those things where we were working three or four jobs each and working for 89 hours a week uh, for, for months on end. And when the project ended, we put a bow on it. And um, and I talked to my employer at the time and said, can I take a sabbatical? I need some time off. And one of the reasons to do it was, number one, just take a little break. But also, I was really curious, is there another way? You know, here I am, completely burnt out and fried. It happens to all of us from time to time. But this is the first time in my life when I like it, you know, that I really need to figure out a new way around this. Um, is there a new way to work um, in a way that's healthy and sustainable? Who's doing it out there on the planet? And so it started this journey, and I started interviewing folks from the Human Performance Institute and lots of um, CEOs and HR specialists and chief wellness officers and you name it, really trying to get to the bottom of it. So the book is a result of that journey. Fantastic. Okay. When it comes to conversations about being healthier, why is it so important to target the workplace and enact change there? We spend so many hours there, probably, you know, during the work week, 70% of our day is in the office or working somewhere, and or for most of us anyway, and it's very difficult to squeeze in healthy habits on the outside, you know, on evenings and weekends. There's a lot of evidence actually that, that says if you save all that exercise for the weekend, um, like those weekend warriors, you're much more prone to uh, injury. Uh, a lot of hospitals see people who are trying to like, you know, uh, get in 16 more miles on their bike or whatever the case may be, <laughs> and uh, it's not good. Um, Absolutely. But I think, well, and also we know just, you know, from talking to um, cardiometabolic specialists who say that you know, you've got to get up and move at a regular basis. It's not just saving it to the end of the day. You need to be doing it continually. Right. Okay. What would you say the ideal healthy workplace looks like, one that's ideal yet realistic and achievable? <laughs> well, there are a number of them out there. And what's interesting is that you can tell just immediately walking into certain offices that it just feels a little different, and it may be because people are in business casual because they just come back from working out or from playing soccer with their colleagues, or you know, there's there's a permission to um, to to move and to uh, to to you know be active, and doing that in a three-piece suit is 
difficult. So there's kind of a, I think that it feels like that. I think there's also, you know, a, a focus on, um, there's a lot of evidence that shows the more control people have in how, when, and where they work, um, that their, their performance is better, they're happier, um, their uh, health outcomes are better. There was a really interesting study, I should just sidebar here for a second, that looked at, over a 10-year period, a whole bunch of job types, and they found that regardless of job type, whether you're a bus driver or a CEO or whatever, the more control that you have over your job, the less likely you are to have heart disease. So there's health benefits to having control. So what you see is these more, I would say, more flexible environments or environments, um, you know, maybe they look more traditional, but um, when people talk to you, they tell you they have a lot of choice about how when, and where they work. I think that's a biggie. Um, there's also a lot of organizations and um, and buildings that are embracing biophilia, which is obviously um, lots of nature, bringing the outside in. Um, and the BBC, I believe they pipe birdsong every uh, hour or so for a few minutes into their office space, um, which is lovely. And I think Fantastic. the more of that we can start to include um, and embrace, uh, the more our work environments become less stressful. A lot of evidence that shows that, um, and uh, we're also able to kind of, yeah, manage, create that healthy environment for all of us where there's no um, peer pressure to stay glued sitting at your desk for eight hours, right? We want the other kind of peer pressure that encourages people to move and, and um, embrace, you know, uh, going for a run if they need to or walking and taking a meeting that way. Uh, the more we can encourage that, I think the more likely we are to see increases in productivity as well as um, happiness and of our people and, and their improved health as well. Exactly, and that's what all companies are striving for, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's all okay. connected. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So back, back to your book now. Um, if you would tell us about three things uh, about which readers can learn more in your book that surprised you as you were doing your research. Well, one of them was around uh, movement and how much we need to move. I talked to some, uh, of all things, paleoanthropologists at the Smithsonian, and um, they connected me with a whole uh, battery of, of people who've been studying modern uh, hunter-gatherer societies. And, you know, if you go way back and look at how we used to be um, and then look at, at modern um, groups that, that uh, are looking for food like we would have hundreds of thousands of years ago, uh, we see that there is, uh, they're moving a large amount of time. So men somewhere around, you know, nine miles a day, maybe even more, um, and, uh, and women almost as much, and they're doing it over the course of a day. It's not just at the end or, you know, stuffing it again on the weekend. That's a continual thing, and um, that really surprised me. And also that it was at a, a slow pace. It wasn't necessarily running after animals. <laughs> too. We always hear, oh, yeah, they're, they're chasing animals. That's how they're getting this mild. It's not true. They're actually moving slowly um, through the day and gathering berries or whatever they're doing. And I think that physiologically, we have that same body. So it's kind of interesting to think about how our modern work environment is so antithetical to that and how can we reshape and rethink. Um, I think that's a message for that I'd give and a learning that I had that really, really shocked me. Um, what else? Let's see. Uh, smell. Okay, this is a little little different, but um, there are smells. Usually, people want smells out of the office cause, or out of a workplace because they're right. know, noxious or turn people off. You know, too much uh, Indian food or whatever popcorn, whatever the, the culprits normally are. But there are some smells. There's a lot of research in um, 
essential oils now, and it's becoming a little more mainstream. And so the two smells that I found that actually increase productivity are lemon and peppermint. So if you want to get an infuser and put that around your office, you may actually uh, be surprised. I was just looking at some really interesting uh, research from a hospital. Uh, this was uh, Vanderbilt Hospital that actually put it into their ER, and they found that their employees were a lot more relaxed. They did a pretty good – hospitals are pretty good at doing studies, and they found their employees were a lot more relaxed. And now they're starting to look at that same research with their patients. And these actually were – uh, it was more than peppermint. It was some uh, orange um, and some other interesting smells. If anyone wants to reach out to me, I'm happy to send you the, the research. Um, Excellent. Any more? Yeah, so that's a couple. Okay, fantastic. <clears throat> Is there one idea from the book that you've incorporated in your own day-to-day -day life? The biggest thing for me was realizing that I have to take care of myself first. I have to put myself before my kids, my husband, my job, uh, all my friends who, you know, are really um, interested in a little bit of my time, and I really want to give it to them. But uh, I just, it's very hard to give from a state of depletion. And um, and that's a quote actually from Sharon Salzberg, who's a wonderful mindfulness uh, coach and, and guru. Mm -hmm. But um, I really feel like that I just, I'm a giver, you know, I want to just spread myself all over the place like peanut butter, and it doesn't work that way. I think the best um, advice I got from lots of people during this research was that focusing in on, you know, exercising and eating right and just taking time away, sometimes to do nothing, just stare at a wall, <laughs> is okay. Sure. It's okay to do that because it refreshes you in so many ways. And, um, and it's different for everybody, the amount of time that you can carve out um, and all of that. But I just greatly encourage anyone um, who is struggling with balancing all the things that we have to balance today is really taking that time out for yourself and, and uh, doing so on a regular basis. You can't just save it for two-week vacation once a year. you got to do it um, daily. Excellent advice. Excellent. Okay. What would you say, Lee, is the connection between architecture and workplace well-being? Is there a relationship between those two? Yes. And that's one of the things that we've been looking at with Harvard School of Public Health. One of the interesting um, findings uh, that we've been looking at or, or tools that we've been de developing with them is the Health and Human Performance Index, which is meant to really for organizations to kind of look at their employees from the ground up. It's a survey, but it also looks at lots of other indicators and um, brings together culture and um, engagement, performance, health and well-being. And I've been working with them to add a piece around the built environment and figure out how they're connected, right, how these pieces go together. Sure. And most importantly, what's What's really most important for companies to focus on? Because I'm a workplace person. Mm -hmm. I like to think the workplace is the most important thing. Um, but, you know, there are other parts and pieces to work um, that impact productivity and health. And so uh, the results of that have been really interesting. I mean, we're obviously in preliminary stages looking at our own company at EYP. And uh, one of the things that we found out 
you know, talking to a bunch of architects and engineers, I thought this was hilarious. It turns out job control is significantly more impactful to our job engagement and job performance than workplace design. However, workplace design uh, is still really important. Um, other things are actually team. Team is number two, like having your team, have your back. That was really interesting over your, your supervisor. So um, we're, we're still trying to ferret out how all these things work, but um, there are lots of intersections. So one thing we found, um, in addition to the, the job control importance, um, was this issue around um, having green space um, and the access of your office. So we found, we looked at um, I don't know, 15 offices around the country, uh, and we found that those offices that had green space adjacent to them, our employees were much more likely to work out on a daily basis. So location, 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 <laughs> number one. There's a lot of sure. evidence that shows that having green space and amenities and things like that is great um, for <clears throat> housing. Um, a lot of studies have come out about that. We were really excited to realize, oh my gosh, your workplace too, that really matters. Um, other things, uh, obviously um, temperature and uh, thermal control and all those other things uh, really matter and paying attention to them. Uh, we found, interestingly, though, uh, in our Albany office that uh, we asked people how satisfied they were with their workplace, and they found that um, the view, we found that the view was the most important thing. We actually had um, people who were adjacent to the window, and they were having all kinds of thermal issues and, and some, some lighting issues due to some funkiness with the building, or not lighting, sorry, uh, mostly heating and cooling. And uh, when they, when we asked them, how, do you like your space? How do you feel about it? Because it was next to a window, that kind of trumped everything else, which I thought was really interesting. So um, yeah, uh, that seems to be important. Um, we found too that uh, correlation between uh, what we felt about job performance, it wasn't actually um, third-party data, but just from survey data, that having a place to lie down, a place to meditate, healthy food options, um, those were number one for us in terms of impacting our performance. And I think it's important um, to customize those questions a little bit because, man, everybody has different needs in every workplace, even you know, office to office in the same firm. There may be really different needs and priorities. And so for us, um, it was helpful to work through that connection. Um, the other thing, and I'll, I'll just end on this one I thought was really telling, was that for us anyway, mental health issues um, were significantly more impactful to our bottom line than physical. So we asked people how often they were absent, you know, in the last month or so from work, and we looked at HR data as well. We asked people how often they were, you know, gone due to physical issues and how often they were gone due to mental issues, and then we asked about presenteeism and all kinds of things. And the, it was in the millions of dollars that we, our company wow. was being impacted in terms of mental health. And we have a decent program, I guess. I mean, if you feel stressed out, you can call our third-party, you know, health service and, and get a coach and stuff. But it really came, you know, we started thinking really hard, like, man, the physical environment really can help de-stress us. And we know that, you know, views to nature and good lighting and, uh, you know, and water features. And there are lots of things that we can do in our physical um, environment to actually impact um, our, our mental health, which will help our bottom line as well. There are lots of other things on the workflow perspective and workload that we need to work on, but um, that's, that's a biggie. Thanks for tuning in to Cornet Global's What's Next podcast. This concludes the first part of a two-part series on creating a healthy workplace.